0: one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kami Marabian and today we are going to talk about a few things, uh, most notably you got some basketball problems, or maybe maybe basketball problems, you might call them, over at the University of Oklahoma. But first, let's start out with everybody's favorite, maybe least favorite, who knows, little brother, Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders, man. He comes out hot today saying that he feels like he can operate the offense at Oklahoma State at a very high level. And then he said the following. He says, I feel like nobody can stop us. We're competing against, probably, The best defense in the Big 12. So, getting better every day. And which, to why I was thinking, man, they must be selling some, like, pretty good weed up in Stillwater. Because there's no way! There's absolutely no way. Why? why? I, I I get it. I get it. He's boosting his teammates, right? And it makes them feel better. They have a good defense at OSU. But to say that it's... It's the best defense in the Big 12 after what you saw in Bedlam last year. And Oklahoma's defense is only getting better. And Oklahoma State's defense is not getting better. I, I can't see how you would say that. But, of course, the Oklahoma State division of propaganda featuring Mr. Tumnus, a.k.a. Spencer Sanders, that sounds about right. And you know, it's fair. You know, he can have his day. You know, he can have his day in the sun, and that's cool. But the real the real thing going on right now that's kind of of importance is Porter Moser, or I guess we should start maybe calling him Portal Moser because this man is going to have to work the portal, the NCAA transfer portal, to field a decent team next year or just a team in general. I mean, today's a day where Devion Harmon, he had already committed to putting his name in the NBA draft. And, you know, it, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to school. That's not a big deal. But putting your name in the portal, that's a little bit different. On the same day, Alondis Williams does as well. Uh, Brady is already in the portal. Kirk Queth is going uh, to Pro. Of course, he's not going to make it in the NBA. Victor Walker, I, I don't think he's going to the portal. I don't think he's been a name that's been for, for the portal, if I can't remember. Jalen Hill is a name that's been rumored for portal, but I don't know if he actually will. You got to try to hold on to some of those other guys. But let's talk about what Porter Moser's got going on, De'Veon Harmon. So Oklahoma has to keep Harkless Hill and Gibson because it looks like De'Veon Harmon, I mean, I'm not saying he's gone. I'm not saying he was 100% leaving. According to his parents, they said Oklahoma's still high on his priority list. And I'm sure it was. But apparently, ever since Porter uh, Porter Moser has had these discussions with De'Veon Harmon, Things haven't necessarily turned sour, I don't think that's the I don't think that's what has been going on that cause Porter Moser, if you guys don't remember, came out just in and in, in a live audio, just right in front of everybody. Oh, he expects Debian Harmon to be back. And I'm not saying that Debian Harmon's had a change of heart, but new information has been given to him, new opportunities have been given to him, and it would be stupid of him to actually not hear those people out. So for example, these are some of the schools that have already reached out to Debian Harmon. University of Kentucky. So it's a Zoom with Coach Cal. Uh, Indiana. Oregon. Texas. highlight out he goes to Texas. University of uh, Gonzaga. I mean, can you blame the kid? Of course he's going to talk to Porter Moser, right? But I think Debian Harmon wants to go to a place where he's going to be the man. And I think we saw that last year with OU, or I guess last season, It wasn't that bad. Those games without Austin Reeves, bless Austin Reeves, but Devion Harmon showed out. People forget Oklahoma beat Alabama without Austin Reeves. They beat Texas without Austin Reeves and Devion Harmon just going nuts. So I'm very curious to see what his next move is. He'd be really stupid not to take a visit. Oh, can't take a visit, but he'd be really stupid not to hear those guys out, especially Gonzaga. They're going to have, they're going to have room for, for guards because of course they're half those dudes are going to the NBA, Kentucky. Why wouldn't you go to Kentucky? Why wouldn't you be intrigued? Indiana, historic blue blood of college basketball. That's been just ass backwards for a while, but they can be really good. So it makes sense, right? He's not going to go to the NBA. He doesn't have the NBA pedigree, but he is testing out the waters for his value. But the college thing, I get it. Manic. He left the door open to talk about maybe coming back, but that's a long shot. It's very unlikely. And I, I don't think he would want to be in this system anyways. I, I I just don't think he's strong enough. I don't I don't think he has the intangibles to play that kind of uh that kind of game that Porter Moser wants to play. At the same time, Oklahoma has to keep Elijah Harkless, Jalen Hill, and Mo Gibson. Harkless with Porter Moser could be really fun. Porter Moser, big defense guy. Big, big, big defense guy. Harkless, he's his calling card, you know, over at the, at a, oh, I forget where he, came, where he came from. It was this tiny school in California, I believe. But uh, I think it's like Cal Northridge or something like that. But his calling card was like number one defensive player. Leader in that conference in steals. And then he surprised everybody when he got to Norman and became a mainstay in in the lineup of Hey, he actually can play a little bit of offense. He can has he has a mid range jumper. He can handle the ball a little bit, and of course he's aggressive on defense. I think that's the kind of kind of guy that Porter Moser likes. I mean, you, you saw it as the some of the other guys that are committing. You saw commit just the other day, and there's more to come from that. Of course, Jalen Hill. You saw him play three, four. I bet he could play a little bit of small ball fives, maybe if you're playing positionless basketball. But for a Porter-Bizzer defense, I don't know how well that would work. He's long and he's thick. So Jalen Hill, and he's good developing a jumper and an increased opportunity within Oklahoma. I think it would do him really well. But as you've seen, Jalen Jalen Hill is a Las Vegas product. And he loves lawn. And anybody that has anything to do with, Lon Kruger has already gone west to Las Vegas, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hill also went back home to Las Vegas to play under Kevin Kruger. and that wouldn't surprise me one bit. But Mo Gibson, he was the only one at Porter Moser's uh, conference when he got to OU. That's not to say that all the other guys don't like him. But he's the only one that just didn't have class, or maybe he cut class. Who knows? To watch the the, the new head coach at OU speak, so Oklahoma has to keep those three guys down, and then Porter Moser is gonna have to turn into Portal Moser because my goodness, they have a lot of dudes to replace, especially if Devyn Harmon decides to leave Oklahoma. Which, if he does, of course, there are gonna be fans. They're gonna like they're gonna shit all over Devyn, like, oh, go to Coach K. You know, it's, you know, it's so dumb uh, the way people react to teenagers that are making life decisions you know but if he goes cool if he stays awesome great but moser he's got some transfers maybe there's some, uh, you know some some guys out there that are are available one of them already talked about oklahoma being in his final four of teams that he's willing to talk about one of them is tanner groves eastern washington forward he's six foot nine average 17 and eight um his 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 list is narrowed down to Eastern, no Eastern Washington. That's where he's from Portland, which I don't think that will be a thing. Texas, Washington State, and OU. He's had a lot of other interest in other places, but those are the four. And you gotta like OU's chances there. I like OU's chances there. I mean, especially with OU saying, hey, basically we have a lot of roster spots we need to fill. We have a lot of scholarship guys they need to fill. And I mean, a guy that's averaging seventeen and eight, why not? And also. I mean, this has been not even just hearsay. This, I've, I've just even seen this, that other, even other college basketball uh, coaches are suggesting, hey, Cameron Crutwig Kr- where Porter Moser's from, Loyal Chicago, they wouldn't be surprised if Krutwig actually followed Moser down to OU for his last year. So if OU could se- secure the bag with Tanner Groves and Cameron Crowwig. As two massive guys on your front line, I mean, that's a huge win for OU. Even if OU gets one of those guys, would be a huge win for OU basketball. Just regardless, get out of the LNC, go play at McCaslin, church it up a little bit, you know, make it a little bit fancier, you know, make the seats a little bit more comfy, and then charge the same amount. And it's on campus. The LNC is kind of falling apart. It sucks. It's not even on campus. That's it's. Come on, make it like a homeless shelter. McCaslin needs to be the new way until they build a new uh, arena. But going on to this last thing before we hit the break is actually about football. And I know that's what most people in the state of Oklahoma uh, pray to on Saturdays. Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. It's pretty clear that Spencer Rattler is going to be your starter for the 2021-22 season. That's obvious. I think anybody can see that. I think anybody saying, oh, Caleb Williams might push Spencer Rattler... Uh, for the starting job, you're no, no. This is this is Spencer Rattler's third, going into his third season at OU. Now, mind you, Caleb Williams has been in Norman for a minute now and studying with Lincoln Riley, and he's still doing some high school courses while doing some college courses. It's kind of wild how that's going on at the same time. But no, it's not going to happen. But my question is, let's say, and this is hypothetical, right? Spencer Rattler has a good year. But is projected to go early second round or mid to late or not mid to late? Let's say let's say late second, late first round, early second round. So not top ten pick. Let's say Spencer Rattler. Of course, I think he has an ego. I think he's got a lot of confidence too. He won't want your quarterback too. Let's say he stays another year. Do you guys think that would? cause any issue with the relationship between the quarterbacks and Lincoln Riley or just the quarterbacks themselves? I think it could. Do I think that if Spencer Rattler hung around for another year, would his abilities be sharpened more? Sure, they would, just like happened to Baker Mayfield, just like any quarterback through the natural progression of talent and getting better. That makes sense. But I also think Caleb Williams the next year could also push Spencer Rattler, not necessarily for the starting job. But I think it would kind of be uncomfortable in that quarterback locker room because I think Spencer Rattler is the type of dude that leads by example and is not necessarily a big rah-rah leader. Whereas Caleb Williams, he is that alpha. He's the guy in the locker room that people look to. He is the rah-rah kind of guy that gets his teammates involved. He's not just leading by example. And I think that... I'm not saying like it could cause there could be controversy in the quarterback room, like you saw at Georgia, where holy crap, Kirby Smart let Justin Fields get away, idiot. Uh, But I'm saying it could be an interesting situation to watch. Now, do we expect Spencer Rattler to maybe go pro after this year? Probably. He has a lot of weapons. He's got a great offensive line. He's got a great offensive coach. Why wouldn't he? But it's to be determined, of course. I think we're all excited to see what this offense can do this fall but anyways my rant is over for that we're gonna go to a break for our sponsors i got some questions because i asked you guys that hey in addition to what i'm gonna podcast about today what else would you guys like uh, me to talk about and so some of y'all came in clutch and we'll talk about those right after the break all right we're back and with some of your questions so one of them is it's one of the first questions from jess says don't trust government all right, Jess, well, sure, man. I don't know. Yeah, fight the man, you know, fight the man. Uh, anyways, he says, why does Kennedy Brooks wear long sleeves while playing running back? What's the hiding? Seriously? Uh, he's joking. He says, seriously, though, who is the Ottoman out the running back rotation? That's a good question. News at a camp says Eric Gray is legit, and I'm talking electric, dynamic playmaker, and that's something that I owe you, especially at running back. Hasn't necessarily had, and I know I can I can say that, and people will say, well, what about Ramondre Stevenson, right? Ramondre Stevenson's a great back. He's a great kind of power back who has some great feet in good hands, but he's not a guy that is going to necessarily juke somebody out of their shoes and then take it 60. He's not a guy that's a burner that can just, just light up the sideline. He's, he's quick. He's got great feet. He's got a gr- great feel for the game, great vision, um and he's physical as hell Ramondre stevenson is like low-key one of the better running backs oklahoma's had since 2000 as me and steven noted in the podcast on wednesday that if you guys haven't checked out you should but yeah no eric gray i think is gonna be a great running back he might even by the end of the season be rb1 who knows because of the way lincoln riley's offense is it's gonna make everything much easier for him Uh, with that said Kennedy Brooks is going to get a lot of playing time. I think a lot of us would acknowledge. I mean, he's very used to Bill Beanaboo's running and blocking scheme. So Kennedy Brooks knows, what's, knows what to look for in the details. He's actually helping Eric Gray catch up to speed, so that way they can be almost some sort of dynamic duo. It's kind of a, a lesser, uh, <laughs> kind of a lesser, not really Samaje Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon situation, um, but... Definitely a a a total change of pace sort of situation, but yeah, Kennedy Brooks is going to be really good too. He knows how to run in this offense. He's shown it. He's really really good off counters. If you go back to the season he last played, number one in the nation, I believe number one in the nation yards per carry off the edge, which would be off counters, and then uh, because they ran a ton of counters with him in, and then he was like number four in the nation, I believe, in yards after contact. So Kennedy Brooks, people forget how, of course, he's not dynamic. He's not a guy that's going to make explosive plays. He's not going to be a guy that wows you, but he's going to be a, a guy that's consistently good and consistently does the right thing. And also, the guy never really fumbles. Of course, I say this, he's going to fumble like 3 times out of the gate. But he's, you know, he's efficient. He <laughs> when he's about to get tackled, he kind of wraps his arms around the ball kind of like Madden when you when you move the bumper sticker up. Um but yeah, no. I think the odd man out is maybe a Seth McGowan he's been a little dinged up so he hasn't been able he hasn't been able to go and practice but that's kind of what is affording you you're being afforded that because of Eric Gray Uh, I think you look at Marcus Major especially with uh, Mikey Henderson kind of transitioning from H-back fullback to running back but I don't think Mikey Henderson is going to be a full running back I think Lincoln Riley is going to use him in a variety of ways in the backfield and in the slot that are just going to be stupid. And it's going to be such a matchup nightmare for other teams. So let me go let me go Marcus Major just because yeah, he had a great couple of runs in in in, in the bowl game against against Florida. But I think he's going to be out the man out. I think Seth McGowan's going to get the least amount of carries. That's a legitimate running back, but I mean, that's normal. Kennedy Brooks is a senior. Eric Gray is a very talented transfer, so it would only make sense that he would be the odd man out of Marcus Major would be. So that's a great question. Uh, Greg, this next one is uh, says, Would will OU basketball ever bring me happiness again? I think it will. I think Porter Moser is the start of something really good. I think the first year, I was thinking this last night, the first year under Porter Moser, maybe even the second year, despite all the recruits they're getting in. Might be a little rough on our border moser. They're going to play a defensive brand of basketball, okay? And they're going to win games they shouldn't win, and they're going to lose games they probably shouldn't lose. Uh, that basically means they shouldn't lose. I mean, OU's right now, as of right now, especially with Devion Harmon talking to other teams, OU is probably going to be in the bottom like three or four teams in the Big 12. Rightfully so, especially with all the guys leaving. I mean, they might be in the bottom too. And that's fine. And I think OU will show improvement throughout the year. I think, and like I said, they're going to win games they shouldn't because of just of the philosophy Porter Moser plays with, just very heavily, 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 heavily defensive basketball. And I think over the years they'll get more length, they'll get more athletes, and then they'll uh, be a lot better. I think that first year is going to be a growing pain, even the second year. So it'll make you happy. It needs to start with the implosion of the LNC and a new basketball arena. But we'll see that within due time, my friend. And this last one says, would you trust Lincoln Riley to be the chef at a family cookout? Hell no. Did y'all see, did y'all see what he posted on the internet? That stuff is drier than the Sahara Desert. Oh, You can't eat that. Of course, Benny Wiley's going to be, you know, Lincoln Riley tagged Benny Wiley, telling him that, you know, Benny, Benny Wiley's employed by Lincoln Riley yet. So he has to say that we all know he's lying. That meat was dry. No seasoning. It looked like. So no, I'm not trust Lincoln Riley to be a chef in my family cookout, but you know, I might invite him to hang out and have a couple beers. He's from West Texas. I bet he could, uh, I bet he could chew back a few and more and, and more so. Uh, but anyways, that's it for the podcast, guys. Again, we're trying to keep these things relatively short. Posting three podcasts a week, one in the beginning of the week, one in the middle, a little bit longer with more information. Usually with me and Steven, and sometimes Jack. If he ever, if he decides to ever podcast again, you know, apparently planning for a wedding and having another, having a new job is difficult. Sheesh. Uh, and then having a third podcast at the end of the week that's available for you guys Thursday evenings and Friday through the weekend just to tie you guys over and also to give you guys more information. So I think it's I think it's a great, great thing to expand our digital kind of footprint. But anyways, thanks for all of your participation and for all of your engagement with the pod and everything else. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys can follow us at CrimsonandCreamMachine.com. You can follow us on Twitter at CCMachine. You can follow Jack when he shows back up next week. He said he said if he does not show up next week, we can, I think, peg him with fruit or something. We should make up something else. I don't know. Uh, you can follow him at JLarryShields. Larry Shields. You can follow me, Kami Marabi, at K Marabian, CCM. You can follow Alan Kenny at Bladen Homerism. He's super smart. He got a degree from Northwestern, so he's just like the smartest guy in the pod. And you can follow Stephen, who is amazing. One of my loyal compadres. The one of the best dudes I've ever met at SB. if you guys like what you heard give us a subscribe and maybe a five-star rating we appreciate that too but until next time we'll check you guys later